Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Fashion Grunge Podcast. I'm Lauren. I'm Jai. Hi. This is like kind of a sad one. I mean, it's not sad, but oh no, it is it's upsetting. Sad. <laughs> it's sad and upsetting and like kind of crazy at the same time. I guess it is sad, but other things too. I feel like uh, we've done like really intense movies, but they're not as tragic as this one. Yeah, this is tragic. This has like some true crime aspect. This has a conspiracy aspect. This has Brad Pitt and probably one of my least favorite roles. This I agree. Has, I, right? I can't um, even get it. I mean, we'll get into it. But yeah, yeah, we'll get into it. Yeah, there's yeah. like some some tidbit about that. But we're doing Sleepers, if you haven't guessed, from 1996. It is on HBO right now or HBO Max. There's a big drama with HBO Max. I guess they're like merging or something in a year. But, um, yeah, so it's on there right now. It's kind of one of those weird ones that you kind of see around, but it literally has a stellar cast, it's which is incredible. insane. Yeah. I mean, it's from 96, directed and written for the screen by Barry Levinson, a.k.a. Sam Levinson, a.k.a. the guy who does Euphoria's <laughs> daddy. So, Nepo <laughs> Baby's in full effect here. Uh, he also did like Rain Man, oh, also with Dustin Hoffman. He did really some really cool films. Yeah, I mean like, he's like a sick director. Yeah. <laughs> like I won't get take anything from Barry Levinson. No, however, his son is not like you know. Got a long way to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's at that level, but yeah, same Levinson is that exactly what I what I meant to say. Um, this is based on this the book of the same name, Sleepers, by Lorenzo Carcaterra. And this movie premiered October 18th, 1996. So, yeah. What are your first impressions with this? Like, what's... When's the, when did you first see this? I, we were, what, like, 16? I, I honestly, no, 13. I actually don't remember when I first watched it. I It's one of the few films I, I really can't remember watching. Um, I, I like to think that I watched it when it came out in DVD, which is way later, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably like, or like tape, right? Tape, yeah, DVD. <laughs> yeah, it might not even like, no, it might not even been on DVD. Yet. It probably came out for like rent on tape first. Yeah, like VHS or something. Yeah, uh huh. Yeah. Um. So maybe ninety seven. Usually things came out like the next year. Maybe I just can't remember. I just remember that I watched it like not as, you know, not much later than like a couple of years and that yeah, yeah it, it came was like kind of recent yeah yeah um i did watch it a few times like in the early 2000s but i haven't seen it for like a like a while you know oh wow yeah me either yeah i think oh, last wow. time i watched it must have been 21 but before that like i watched it a few times because um yeah because why would i watch this a you know, more than like twice. <laughs> it's upsetting. Yeah. It is upsetting. I think it's like one of those films that I watched with my friend who was studying film at the time, and we will watch movies and just dissect them. You know. Oh, cool! But Little prequel. Pardon. <laughs> Little prequel. Yeah. <laughs> to what you're doing now. <laughs> but it's um, yeah, it, it's like really hard to watch. Like I've. I felt really uncomfortable, like, the other night when I watched it. <laughs> yeah, I watched it yesterday. Um, I, I think like, I did, uh... too, or the night before. I can't remember. But, but yeah, the cast is incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, as much as it's, like, a really heavy film, I love anything that's set in New York, especially in the 60s and or, like, 70s, 80s, 90s, you know? Yeah. Like, I love seeing the skyline and... 
Yeah. I love the streets and like the cars. Yeah. And the clothes. Exactly. Especially when it's like a period film and they get like cars and like the wardrobe and everything is like from the 60s, you know, in this case. Well, 60s and 80s because then they grow up. So, Mm -hmm. um, and the actors are, I mean, some of these actors are like my favorite kind of. But I have to say, I really love Billy Crudup. Like, I have always had a crush on him. He's, like, so hot in this movie. Did you know this was his debut film? No, I did not. I found that out in research. Yeah, I did not know. Me neither. He is, What like, else was he in? He was in, like... He was in um, Almost Famous. Oh, that's right. Yeah, but that was 2000. Right. He has to have been in something when he was a little... I feel like I've seen him younger before. Like, I around the way he looked in this. I was I like... Don't I don't remember. I don't know where... I mean, I've, I just know movies and shows that he's been in after, like, the 2000s, but... Um, I know the, like, dramatic side of him. I think I mentioned this during my so-called life. I know <laughs> about the fact that, like, he was dating Mary Louise Parker, and they broke up with his name Parker, and he was going out with Claire <laughs> Like, that's what I know about him. And then he, like, left her, yeah, before she had the baby, and then he was, like, dating Claire Danes. It was, like, yeah. quite a drama, yeah. So apparently he was in Big Fish, but I can't remember him in it. I've seen that movie once so long ago. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think I've seen a lot of the things that he's in. Um, Inventing the Abbots, that's what I'm thinking of. The one with Joaquin and Liv Tyler. That's, like, I think the year after this. Okay. I think that's what I'm thinking he of. He was yeah, in he's Jackie in, that. in 2016, which I loved. Oh, with Portman? Yes. Who's your favorite girl? Well, um, I was going to say, we should do Garden State for the next oh, cool. watch because I actually do enjoy Natalie Portman in that movie. Oh, okay. Alert cool. the presses. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I actually think that movie is really cute. And yeah, we should do it because Spun was like so dark that we kind of need something a bit more like weird and offbeat yeah, and funny. Yeah, because we got a lot of like, heavy stuff. I, I mean, we went from Clueless to then Spawn to then this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know how. I didn't really pick... I literally picked this because it was easily available. <laughs> so hopefully if people haven't seen or even heard of it, like you can actually watch it. Oh, he was in Public Enemies uh, with Johnny Depp. That was 2009. Oh, I don't remember That was in cool. Him, it was like yeah, the 30s. Lo- he no, looks really 30s. I love that film, style. but I don't remember him in it, so... Yeah, he's in that. Yeah, he's in a lot of like random. I just stuff. feel that he's aged really well. Yeah, he looks good. I think I he has more like hair now. Nineties or like now, I, I yeah. He's with Naomi Watts. I know. I quite like them together, actually. <laughs> yeah, I like her. Yeah, she's cool. Um, much like yourself, I can't remember the first time that I watched this, but. I think I've maybe seen it twice before I watched it just the other day. So I haven't seen it a ton. I probably watch it because of Brad Renfro and Brad Pitt, honestly. I, probably, I think I probably watch it because of the actors and, like, Robert De Niro. Right. And, you know, so I think I was like, oh, cool. Like, I don't think I knew, that like, what the subject matter was when I watched it. But um, this also reminds me of the film Deuce is Wild with Brad Renfro, which also takes place in, like, the 60s yeah. in New York. That has, like, James Franco, Stephen Dorff. It's, like, a, about, like, a street gang um, in New York. So, yeah, it was kind of funny that he did, like, Brad Renfro did another film that's in the same area, time period. Yeah, so that yeah, was... Yeah, and that's the other thing I forgot to mention, which we talked um, by text and, like, of air, that it was really hard to watch it because I can only think of of him you know i think Brad what happened. yeah oh, it's know. just very much like sad like i don't even understand like he was 25 you know yeah he was so young like and such a great actor um 
I'm also going to review The Cure. I think I posted about it so long ago. And I was like, I don't know if I'm like emotionally ready, but I, I have to be. It was one of my favorite films growing up. It's so weird because it's so heavy and like, it's so beautiful. Like, it's just such a great story about these two, like, two young guys like and one of them has you know HIV or like AIDS at that point in like the 90s and it's just Brad Renfro really shows how great of an actor he is as yep. a kid I mean he was like what 14 I, I've seen that movie but I've only seen it once so yeah. oh my god yeah I think uh, we should do it with Charles I think because he was like oh my god I love that movie I was surprised that people knew it when I posted it on Instagram because it's kind of like a rare one it's Joseph Mazzello is in it too yeah it's yeah. not a movie that you often hear about I mean to be honest you never hear about it or see it ever um, yeah. in any like on any channel like you know whatever main no. like, sites mm. or whatever but so, yeah, I think I'm going to do it, even though I, I don't think it's readily streamable, but, like, people do know it. So, I mean, I feel like... Because, yeah, I posted it, people were like, oh, my God, yeah. So, Brad Renfro, yeah, is another, like, oh, man, just the the life that, you know, what he could have done after after this, you know? He still had so much. I know. Well, you just wonder, like, where he um, would have ended up, you know? Like, as in, like, what kind of roles he would have had and, like he will be up there with, I don't know, like Leo or like, you know yeah. what I mean? I feel the same way about Heath Ledger. Uh, yeah, and he's another the one same way here. with like yeah. Anton Yelchin, who I loved. Do you know Anton Yelchin? I don't think so. Um, no. He was in the Star Trek movie. I think a lot oh. of people knew him from, but I knew him from more of his indie stuff. Like he was in this movie uh alpha dog which has like emile hirsch it's like a true story but he was in like so much just really amazing indie films and he also was an amazing photographer i bought his uh photo book oh and he literally died from like a freak accident from a car like it it, it's like so wait it's so scary who was working on his car and the car went in reverse. Into, yeah, yeah, into drive. Right. Yeah, like it slipped yes. out of gear. Okay, I, yeah, I, I know. Yeah. Like another one that I'm like, oh my gosh, Charlie Bartlett's another great movie. Green Room was another one that he was in. Yeah, was like of course a he was in movie. Green Room. Yeah, yeah. 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 Like he was just so, so good. He's another one. So I'm like, oh, I always think of them like, oh man, like, but he's just, Brad Renfro is just a force. I mean, he just had that thing. He had like a James Dean thing. He he did. Um, even when he was in that movie, that was the client his first film. It has to be. I'm gonna look it up. Yeah, that I mean, I would say I had like the biggest crush on him. He was like, oh, me too. So beautiful. Like, I don't know. The... I loved his accent too. He was from Tennessee. Yeah. What? Like, okay, I'm sorry, but I had to go there because I keep seeing all these like beautiful men that are from there. I just don't understand. Right. Oh, Tennessee. <laughs> we should go to Dollywood. I really want to go to Dollywood. Like Charles and Mike have wanted to go to Dollywood for like most of our adult lives. It's like Dolly Parton's theme uh, theme park. I know. I know. I like, love Dolly Parton. I. Oh my god. We should. <laughs> we should all take a trip to Dollywood. That'd be so fun. Yeah, the client I believe is his first, 1994. That's, like, the first one, yeah, that he was, like, really known for. He was young in that. So young. He was so young. Yeah. Oh, poor Red Renfro. And Bully, another fave um, that I'm just like, oh, my God. He's just so good. The last thing he did was The Informers in 2008. So I haven't seen that. I haven't seen more of his later films probably after, like, 2002. I'm looking at a lot of the movies, and I haven't seen, like, The Jacket. 
I remember you I think it's Adrian oh, Brody, right? That. Yeah, I've seen that. Isn't Adrian Brody? Yeah, and I'm pretty sure it's Kira Knightley. Or... Oh, okay. I'm pretty sure. Maybe she's in the oh, remake. Ghost but yeah. World. I've seen. I forgot I've about seen Ghost that. World. He's in Ghost World. Yeah. I mean, the and... thing is that he was only like a year older than us, so yeah. I mean, that's nuts. That's really sad. And 2008, I think he literally died. I think we talked about this before. I think he literally died like a week before or after Heath Ledger. Because he died in January of 08. And that's the same month and year that Heath Ledger died. Oh my god, how I'm weird. not sure what day, but it was literally like within weeks. I think, I, I want to say that Brad Renfro might have died first. Because I remember being like, what? Heath Ledger? No. Yeah, Heath Ledger died January 22nd. 2008 and brad renfro died january 15th it was literally mm. a week oh my god how awful <sighs> how sad um so yeah this also reminds me too of like there's this kind of sub genre that i've no not noticed but it's really interesting it's kind of guys at boarding school or like jail and they have the kind of same like lord of the flies type of mentality when it's like a lot of young Mm -hmm. kids around each other so this made me think of school ties which is another film that we have to review it's from 92 about a prep school and that has like early i think it might be ben affleck's first movie because it's before dazing confused matt damon chris o'donnell brendan fraser um it's really good about a prep school in like the 50s um, there's Dead Poet Society, one yes. I always remember. Yeah. Um, the film Evil. Have you seen the film Evil? I believe it's Swedish. Uh, it came out in oh. 2003. It's it's really good. It's like another kind of like boarding school, like really dark thriller. Mm. And then this also reminds me of Boondock Saints. Mm. I don't know if you've ever seen Boondock Saints with like Norman Reedus. I have not. No. Oh, it's cool. The, the two guys, like when Tommy... Is it Tommy and Billy? Are those the two guys that end up becoming like the hitmen? Um, yeah. It, yeah, they are remind me of Boondock Saints. Oh, okay. It's very much that vibe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's kind of yeah. It's so it's cool, super cool. Um, cool. So let's get into behind the scenes. What did you get? So, well, I mean, we can we can both talk about the you know the. Um, oh god, drama, yeah. Like, I just don't understand. I mean, it's not a scandal, but it was definitely a controversy. Like, controversy, like, I couldn't find anything that really proves the author like experiences in any way. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he, I couldn't either. He kind of stays with his, you know, um, with his story, like his original story, yeah. yeah. He sticks to that apparently, and apparently childhood friends said that he this couldn't have happened because they know he was never there. Yeah, and that he was in school, I think, at the time of when this happened. So, well, he did say that in at the end of the film also is mentioned that uh, names and places and dates were changed. So is that in the book? That's in the book. Yeah, but that's also in the in the film they kind of said that at the end. Hmm. But even if if the dates were different, like you know, I don't. Everyone seems to pin like you know to pin him at somewhere at, at all this diff- like throughout his life. Mm-hmm. So they're like, there's no way he could have been there. And I mean, my take on it is that he probably knew someone or was really close friends with people that experienced this. 
Yeah, that I think that totally is like in the realm of possibility. And so, you know, back then I, I feel like now you couldn't really get away with, with claiming something like this because we have internet and it's so easy to find uh, if someone is lying, you know, because there are records of everything. But mm-hmm. back then I feel like you couldn't. Uh, I think he's... I wouldn't be shocked if he just thought like he could get away with lying and just saying that he... I'm not saying he did. I, I just feel like yeah. it's really weird that there's no record of this ever happening, you know? Well, I, f- I feel like I can see it from both sides and I don't know because I feel like... So I found an article from the New York Times in July of 95 and it was about when this book was published around that time. So they mentioned that obviously people, you know, doubted this story because it was like Hell's Kitchen. It was from New York. So this is obviously local paper. So the editor in chief of the publisher, um, Claire Ferraro, said, quote, we know this book is true. We've had legal readings. We've had it vetted. And that end quote. Then it says, asked how it can be vetted. She said for, quote, libel, privacy and related claims and that she could not go into more detail because of lawyer client privilege. So she also declined to comment on what documentation Ms. Car- or Mr. Carcaterra had shown to her, but said that anyone trying to debunk it would wind up with egg on their face. That was her quote mm. for that. So I can see it from like, okay, so this is the editor that's obviously saying, I guess they're categorizing it as nonfiction. I'm assuming mm. the book would be categorized as nonfiction. But if this did happen, and and if and when or whatever, I feel like no records of it happening is not really crazy you know what i mean because if this did happen why would there be records of it they would try to cover this up right they would obviously say that this guy is lying and even the friends there could be some element of like they didn't want this getting out and they he and i'm just like literally hypothesizing maybe they're like we didn't want this story out this was super traumatic we're just gonna deny it if anything comes out you're the only one that's gonna say this yeah i mean i do think that too as a possibility i feel like of course the church was always going to deny it because they're never going to be honest about it of course so i'm not you know that doesn't mean anything but and the state like new york state State. yeah exactly and maybe he really just had to change you know um even maybe like I don't know, like quite a lot of it to to make sure like a lot of people weren't exposed. As in, like he was protecting his friends or mm-hmm. you know family members or yeah. He got so, paid. Like he got this book got optioned for two million dollars for Barry oh Levinson to make into a film, and this is like in the nineties. That's like not cheap. I'm wondering how. Also, the legal of it all. Like I don't know anything about law, but I mean, just from what I read here and there, I can't imagine a six month prosecutors getting to choose a fucking case where his personal childhood friends are on the stand how is Mm. he even able to prosecute this like unless it's all like there's mob involvement in this too like there's some kind of mafia involvement unless that was like a back door but they didn't really say that that was why brad pitt's character was trying this i was like why would he he would not be allowed to try this they know that they grew up together like someone could easily find that out hmm which is also what I was like, that's weird. I mean, the it's kind of case. fascinating. I kind of yeah, love it is that, fascinating. that you don't know. Like, no one mm-hmm. knows for sure. And it's just going, going to remain that way, you know? Um, I mean, the other thing I was thinking about is, like, maybe he's just decided to do it sort of, like, 
you know, change it to like Hell's Kitchen as location, for example. But it couldn't happen true. in Pennsylvania or Philly, you know? Yeah, that's true. Like, I did yeah. think that. I was like, that totally, it makes sense because for a book, for a story, it's more appealing and to protect, you know, um, yeah, of people course. and yeah. whatever. Like, it, it's more appealing that it's set in, in Hell's Kitchen, you know? Mm-hmm. But oh, totally. I, I understand if no one could find anything because it probably happened in a different city. <laughs> well, yeah. And these ha- this happens in like you know juvenile homes right. this is not exactly. something this that's out of the realm of possibility i mean yeah. as much as some things were exaggerated and he kind of they kind of said that in the movie but i absolutely have no doubt that abuse to this level happens because yeah. we know especially back then they weren't sort of i mean shit like that happens now in, yeah. in jail do you know what i mean because there's corruption yeah. there's always been corruption so especially with minors because they you know, like, it's so much easier to, to get away with things like that, especially back then. Yeah. Yeah, oh, definitely. And this is, what, the 60s? Yeah. Like, exactly. of course. That's awful. I mean, we were talking about how a lot of actors, like, in the, you know, golden Hollywood days, they were in, like, juvenile homes. Charles Manson was notoriously raised. Charles Manson, which is, like, I find, like, an incredibly... Um, interesting case study on him and the correctional facility because he was only a free man for something like five years of his entire life and like that is literally like when you go back to like someone who was raised in a literal penal system from almost birth you know like it's just this is does not rehabilitate you. I mean, it is literally shows you exactly what happens. Like this is, it's not the current system does not work, but he was like raised in that kind of situation. And in one of those boys homes, he was raped as a lot of like, and he talked about it. Like he was like, even in some of his things, I know granted we might not be able to believe anything, but I don't think he would lie about that. That was something that definitely happened. Oh, and, and I still think it's happens. pretty obvious. You can see that he's absolutely messed up and he totally, yeah, that he totally could explain, um, I mean, you know, you you kind of get it. He was definitely abused. Like, there's no doubt oh, about yeah. it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's just like... And then I think also what really kind of made him and a lot of, like, cult leaders, which I guess we're going to have to dive into on Patreon because I'm, like we're going to switch up the format and do kind of like a real life thing. I definitely want to get into like why the nineties was like so cult heavy, but like they're the way that his personality is. If you were like dominated and abused when you were young, like it only makes natural progressive sense that your brain wants to dominate other people and to control other people. And that's, you know, the advantage of like why he was doing what he was doing and like had people under him and could tell them what to do and do, you know, like something that he never had access to. He was always on the other side of it. Yeah, exactly. And I also, we talked about this before when we done like, Woodstock and like other films or documentaries about like this male energy when there are a lot of men in groups they all feed off each other's energy and it's like they're like sheep basically terrifying it's like it takes one bad apple and then the rest just kind of follow do you know what I mean Mm -hmm. oh totally and it's really (gasps) I don't understand why um I mean I, I just I find it fascinating that that men behave that way because it's slightly different with women we're not we're not quite like that i think it happens more i mean i don't know i i've watched a a fair this is like no this this also exposes (laughs) another like guilty pleasure of mine but i watched this reality show called love after lockup (laughs) 
and um, it's really it's a like really trash reality show. I know, I know, but it actually follows people who got out of jail. And not to be like this is just just a comment on what I've seen on the show. The women who get out are always the more diabolical ones than the men, and it's usually more like mental manipulation. Right. And With we, the men, it's physical. It's like you know, I want to dominate you. Oh, I just got out of jail. You know, you do this, you do that, you do this. But the women, it's very like calculated. Yeah, like women just move in a different way. Oh yeah. I mean, it's pretty bad, but I feel like women work solo for the most part. Yeah, like Eileen Warnos, that movie Monster. Have you seen her like in jail interviews? Yes, I have. She literally is just like, yo, these men treated me like shit. And like, I wasn't standing for it. Yeah, she was like on her own. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty great movie. Amazing. I mean, um, what's her name? Who played Charlize? She was incredible. I mean, yeah, she definitely deserved that. And the makeup for that movie was like insane. She was her. She was her. I mean, she was her. Yeah, it was crazy. And Christina Ricci, love Christina Ricci. So cool. So so good. But yeah, so this is yeah. It feels very Lord of the Flies, very like Yellow Jackets, which we also have to do like a recap of because I'm desperately want to rewatch that show because I just watched it the one time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's very interesting when you see like young people in groups and in kind of like a survival mode, which is what, you know, I'm sure that most of these people are living in their whole life, especially if it's something you don't want to come out Mm. and you want to control how it comes out. And I just really, yeah, I really want to know more about, I couldn't find any updated information about, uh, like if there was any, you know, maybe like a, a la- another person that corroborated the story like way later. Like I haven't found that yet. If if I do, then yeah. I mean, I don't know. I feel like I actually don't really think about whether it happened or not much because it is a, a really interesting film. And if it didn't happen to this particular group of people, it happened to others out there. Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. What you? What else did you get? Um, yeah, we just uh, sort of like talked about Brad Pitt's performance. And... Yeah, what did you, okay, so what did you think about it? Right, so before I like even it? read anything about it, just while watching it again, I was like, obviously I'm older now and I'm more crit- critical. Um, I was like really disappointed. Like I just felt that mm-hmm. he was very flat. Didn't I understand he didn't have like a, you know what I mean? It wasn't... A meaty role. Right. But but I also he was phoning like, it in a little bit. I feel like he could have done a little better. He felt really weak compared yeah, to like did. all the performances. I mean, we see him in like, I mean, seven. He was, yeah, he was just in seven. I know. Like a year so before. I, really, I don't know. I I feel like it's interesting that he basically says he's not. He's he said this himself that he's not fond of his performance. Yeah. But he think he was a the service to it and then in this period he really like was starting to get confused and and like discombobulated because he was blowing up and oh, he had it's a so lot of hard isn't it so I hard know. i'm like okay come on like, just, like he, he was like suddenly i had all these people in my ear telling me what i should do and, and what i shouldn't do but i'm like that was nominated for an Oscar for Twelve Monkeys, like. <laughs> yes, but I'm like, hey, we we know you're gonna act. We see you in Seven and like Twelve Monkeys. Legends of the Fall. Yeah. I feel like he's using this as an excuse because he didn't do such a good, a good job. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's what it sounds like. But I just think it's funny because I feel like, of course, he's gonna say something like that after he's done the film and like you know after like <laughs> people have review the movie like critics and stuff 
I can, I can imagine him being like, you know, I, I know it probably was hard. I mean, I don't mean to be like hard on him. I'm sure it's really tough being like, you know, the hottest right. man in the world. But, could, but, but it doesn't matter if it was a small role. He still didn't do much. Why did he that. do it? Do you know like what I mean? I, he just yeah, felt but really, like flat, like weird. Like, not what I expect him to do after he's been in seven. Especially like Brad Renfro. Like, yeah. the way that he was as a child or as a I know. Person, that was not the character that he was playing growing up. Even just, like, it linearly was like a different to the person. story. Um, yeah. I mean, it didn't add up. Um, but, yeah. At I the mean, end, they were like, he's alone, living in England countryside by himself, working as a carpenter half the half the week. I was like, really? Mm, really I didn't think Brad Renfro really had that vibe. Or no, he didn't. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I, where did... Where did where did that come from? Where does his like, like the other thing that doesn't make sense is like, okay, you work really hard clearly to to get to where you are. You're like, you know, um, you you study law and now you're gonna ditch it after one case, you're still really young. Like that makes no yeah, sense. He was like, It's time really to do something it. else. I'm like, You've only been doing this for like five minutes. Like And you got your friends off of murder, who ended up dying anyway, RIP, but you know. Yeah, I just feel like still. they wanted to be a little poetical with that part, but it didn't really make sense. But Yeah, no, it didn't. I have to say, yeah. It didn't. Um and yeah, I find this really kind of interesting because I personally don't see it, but I'm interested to hear your your so you know how that film critic roger ever was like literally reviewing every movie that we've done in the 90s uh-huh yeah he had a show yeah it's really fun i didn't know he had a show but it's funny every yeah, movie uh-huh. we've done is always like roger ever wrote you know <laughs> um he basically says that if you doubt that the movie depends on homophobia to justify its morality ask yourself if the boys had been beaten but not sexually molested would the movie play the same way would the priest arrive at the same decision with the verdict same as justify it's necessary to discuss the underlying morality of sleepers because the movie so smugly tries to exploit it without acknowledging it what like i don't get it i don't get that yeah i don't get that take on it me neither i thought that it was just me and i was like i can't wait to talk to lauren because yeah I'm... no that doesn't make sense i know do you think if they weren't it. sexually assaulted, like they were just beaten, would it play the same way? Like, what? It, but like, in what is he trying to say in that? But also, it doesn't really matter to me because whether he's, it doesn't matter whether it's true or not. Whether it's a true story or this is just fiction, in the film, it doesn't really matter. This is just a story. Why is he fixated fixated on that? He's also putting in the word morality, which is implying that, like, because he's... It sounds like he's implying that because it was, like, an immoral act, that it was justified in them killing this guy. I'm just thinking, like, yes, he is, but also this is a story. Why is he being so extra about it, right? Yeah. I feel like it's a pretty interesting take on it because the priest has been their friend, you know, since yeah. they were boys and he just found out that this awful like basically that these poor boys went through all of this trauma and they just kind oh. of kept it away from him so i i'm sorry like i don't know if this like guy is just religious and maybe he's just a little bit pissed off but it it totally it justifies it like it justifies it if whether yeah. he's like a religious person or not i think like 
obviously the priest is, but you know what I mean? Like he loves his boys and he's trying to help. And I feel like I can see that happening just because he's a priest doesn't mean that he's like God or he's perfect. No, no one. And he knows that. Yeah. And he even, he is a kind of a conflicted figure because he had friends who were in the life. He was in the life before he was called to be a priest. So he understands in a different way than an average priest who may have grown up, you know, from as a boy, like into the priesthood, you know, he's like from the street a little bit. Yeah. So he understands that. Okay, let's just say this wasn't based on true events and this is just a story. I feel like it's an interesting take on it. You know, that yeah. the priest oh, totally. like, lied to help them. So I don't know what his deal is, but I was like really surprised. Is this by. a 90s thing? Is this like a mid 90s thing? He's saying I that know. it I don't know why tries to a... exploit it without sounds, acknowledging Okay, Lauren, he sounds to me like someone from now who's literally oh, trying no. to cancel everyone because everything is bad. Do you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, oh, totally. Let's see. Roger Ebert. I think he died a long time ago. 2013. Yeah, it was a long time ago. He was very, like... Probably, I remember... Yeah, he was. He, right. Yeah, he was very, like, super critical about everything. Even some things that... Uh, he would review as like amazing, great. It was just kind of like what? I think he sells a website, which is really weird. Like, he actually has like you know different. It actually has like a thing for like the new Woodstock. So I think like other people are writing reviews on his page. Oh, weird. Maybe his wife. It looks like. Like it's really fine. Everyone is and allowed to their point of you know to have an opinion, but. I just find it so like insane. I was like, yeah, it's kind of weird. Like what? It's super weird. <laughs> He's a weirdy. I feel like, what is he even like? I feel like it, and also this movie just seems like it was something that went under the radar, and it wasn't something that was. I remember when it was somewhat promoted, but it was like a really dark film that I guess it just had that. I don't know. It had like a lot of movie themes in the nineties. It had that really dark edge but why homophobic though is it just because they didn't mention it like is it because that he wanted something did he want noakes to somehow admit that he was gay i don't really and he thinks it's homophobic because he didn't Uh, yeah I, i don't understand I'm really confused. I don't know. But anyway, I just thought that it was worth mentioning because it's kind yeah, of Yeah, no, totally. Insane. Yeah, but um, yeah, please, uh, I can't wait to hear yours because you're going to talk about the box office and budget. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so Rotten Tomatoes gives us a 73%, which is, uh, okay, I guess. I mean, I could see like a 75. I, I could see that. Audience, 85. So the people like this movie. Uh, IMDb gives it a 7.5 out of 10, and budget was $44 million. How much of that was Brad Pitt's fucking salary? And De Niro. And, and, and Dustin Hoffman. Oh, that's right. Dustin Hoffman, he's an Oscar. <laughs> they both do. I'm sorry. De Niro Dustin and Hoffman, Hoffman was so incredible in this film. I love it. I saw he- him when I worked at, um, in LA. Oh, did you? Is he lovely? So little. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's really small. <laughs> like, he's really short. Yeah, but yeah, he was, he was really nice. Yeah, he was really But nice. that's what I mean. I mean, he literally played, was in that movie way less than Brad, and he just fucking did an amazing job. Here. Yeah, but I mean, he was he was very Saul Goodman. <laughs> he reminded me of Saul Goodman. 
um, from Breaking Bad. But I also feel like they probably the budget went on like getting all the the set because the cars and everything was like. Yeah, that does cost a lot. Like you do the periods. Sixties, like yeah. you know. And I believe they filmed the boys' home in like Pennsylvania. Yeah, which means they I would like have that, to yeah. find like yeah like find a place like lock down the location. But Barry Levinson, he actually probably got a lot too. Because he already had Oscars. Mm. So, and he had already done, like, Rain Man. And, like, you know, this seems like a movie that totally would have been, like, an Oscar nom. I actually, I agree. I agree. I'm shocked that he, he wasn't. Um, I mean, it was nominated for Best Music for John Williams doing the score. Right, because Best Music, he's... but it should have been nominated for Best Picture. Who, who was nominated that year? Um, let's see. That is the Academy Awards in 1997. Let's see. Who won that year? Um, okay. Oh, jeez. Fucking English <laughs> patient. Fucking kill me. Who? The Eng- English patient. Oh, I mean, that was a really good film. But... <laughs> Uh, yeah, okay, so Jeffrey Rush won for Shine. He won for actor in a leading role. Uh, the nominations were Tom Cruise for Jerry Maguire, Ray Fiennes for English Patient, Woody Harrelson for People versus Larry Flint, and Billy Bob Thornton for Sling Blade. And then that's the year that Cuba Gooding Jr. won for Jerry Maguire. Yeah. And then Fargo was nominated William H. Macy, Armin Mueller-Stahl for Shine, Edward Norton for Primal Fear, which I believe he should have gotten because that was one of his best roles. He, and I cannot wait to fucking do that movie. I agree. But I'm waiting for actually, one of my friends because. Well, I think at that time all the oldies were winning, so. Yeah, it's true. And James Woods for Ghost of the Mississippi. And then that's the year that Francis McDormand won for Fargo. Right. Um, and yeah, it just, I guess that was a tough year. Oh, yeah, the English <laughs> like, patient yeah. like, took a lot of the. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah tons. It's kind of nuts. And even directing, like, they won director, best picture. Like, they won all the big ones. They didn't win acting, though. Because hmm. the actors were, like, Jerry Maguire and then um, Shine. So they didn't win the actors, but they won the, like, you know, the other categories, like, director and stuff. But, yeah, it seems like it would be one of those heavy movies that you could see being nominated for an Oscar kind of thing. I think he was pretty too controversial to be... Yeah, probably, yeah. They just pretty thought, like, we can't nominate this. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. It was just really like, yeah, it is super heavy. So forty-four million for the budget, and box office was one sixty-five point six. So crazy. I mean, the, the cast alone. I mean, is is definitely got people to the theater because it just the cast is just huge. Yeah, Jason Patrick too. What else has he been in? I know. You know, it's funny because I actually haven't seen him in... He's been, like, constantly working, but I haven't really seen anything that he's been in since, like, um, late 90s. Yeah, I'm looking at his IMDb. I mean, he has things. I just haven't seen any of these. I I don't know any of these. I haven't even heard of them. So he's been in TV series and, and, like, that too. I don't really... Yeah, then Ron Eldred, I know. He was in Drop Dead Fred. And he was in, like, a really good SVU. He's in, like, random movies. I haven't seen him. Um, That's John, right? No, I haven't. Yeah, he's in, like, random things here and there. But, yeah, I know him from, like, Drop Dead Fred. (laughs) Here's Mickey. Have you seen Drop Dead Fred? I haven't. Oh, you haven't? Would I like it? 
It's really, it's like a super odd um, kids comedy, but Rick Mail, he's like a really famous English comedian, is like, plays this imaginary friend this girl has and follows her into adulthood I feel like we and like causes problems. Before. Yeah, it's cute. Like, it's it's funny. Okay. It's like a kids thing, but it's really funny. But yeah, he's in that. Um, he, he plays like one of her best <laughs> friends. Um, so this is also crazy. A uh, mini driver is also in it. We didn't mention that. I, I seen her in a minute either. And she's she's been, been. I know. I watched it and then I read about it. And I'm like, she's been working, but I haven't seen any of the stuff that she's in. Yeah, I just remember her from like Goodwill Hunting was the same year. She was doing a lot in the nineties, and I I really like her. She's like really cute. Yeah, I like her too. She's cool. She's yeah. Again, uh, well, she's in Will and, the Will and Grace reboot that came out. <laughs> Recently. Right, so and then I read she was that and I was one. really confused because I wasn't sure if that was like the same show or it was like a, a new one. It was like the same people. Yeah, I guess they came back and, and oh, did something. So yeah, she was in the old one. for a really long time. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They did like one season, I think, of like new episodes. But I'm not, I don't really know. I'm not like a Will and Grace head, so I have no same. idea. Um, but yeah, so that's interesting that she's been in that. So she was, um, before she was cast, Sandy Bullock was actually attached as Carol. I don't know why I wrote Sandy. I don't don't see her. (laughs) I don't either. Yeah. Sandy, like I know her, her, her real good friends call her Sandy. They actually do. I don't know why I know that, but they do. Um, also, can we talk about the fact that like I was rewatching the other day, like really amazing, cute interviews with her and Keanu Reeves when they did Speed, how they, knowing that they both had a crush on each other and that like neither one of them acted on it. Oh, Same with him funny. and Winona. Could you imagine like the the chemistry that's happened? I mean, he literally could have married any of these women and probably still could at any time. Yeah, but like, he, it's, it's so funny. I like his vibe. I like that he didn't want to date anyone from the industry. And I know it's so cool. I love the the artist, the lady that she. I know, good. yeah, she is really dope. It was really I just cool. love his whole everything. His vibe, his like way of thinking. Like, <laughs> he's just like perfect. He really is. His like, hair. I love his humbleness. That. Like, he has such I've a never heard a bad heart. word about him. Like, no, literally. because you, you actually just hear that, like, all the great things that he does for other people. He's like really kind and yeah. I love him. It's like, who raised him? I want to meet his mom. I know. I think he brings his mom to, like, some red carpets. I feel like I've seen her before in, like, some pictures and stuff. Mm-hmm. I think he's a sister, I want to say, too, which is really cool. Um, another casting note was Devin Sawa was offered the role of young Michael, which is the one that Brad Renfro ended up playing. But he was doing the movie Wild America. <laughs> which, I don't which, know that movie. It was a kid's movie. He should have done Sleepers. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Um, and then, yeah, I mean, everything else that I have was more about like the Brad Pitt nonsense about him being confused in his career. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure he had like some kind of really pushy and nudgy agents that were like, no, no, you can't do that, Brad. You're like a superstar. You've got to do like, you know, some kind of like, he did some weird stuff after this. I have to say 97 was a weird year for Brad Pitt. He did like meet Joe Black, like seven years in Tibet. Like, and then once he got fight club, he kind of like got back on the stick. Me you know, Joe Black like, was such a weird film. It was like, long. I only watched it because he looked really cute in it, but it was just such a dumb film. Like, Yeah, and what's the girl's name? Claire... Is it Claire Forlani? I don't remember the girl. I just yeah, remember how... Like, because we haven't seen him like clean cut like that, you know, in a while. No. And then he does that movie and he looks ridiculous. Yeah, in a good way, cool. but... 
Yeah, I wasn't a fan of that that bad Brad Pitt. That movie I did st- like Seven Years of the Tibet. I don't think I've seen that. I, I mean, I told you I've seen all his films. Even yeah, it's like same with uh, Tom Cruise, right? Yeah, and all the right moves is like this too. Reminds me of like you know when he goes to like mm. a boarding school and he's playing. I've like, seen football I've seen or... even the weird ones that he plays more oh, much later. I didn't but... watch that legend one, the one the Dune uh, Generation girls told me about. It's like that weird 80s movie that Tom Cruise did. I think it's called Legend. Yeah, I've seen it. I yeah, yeah, it I was going to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say. I, I mean, I really like the films. <laughs> yeah, well, no, I, they just said it was weird. I yeah, think I just had cool. like, eight, like really good 80s memories brain. attached to that film <laughs> because it, it was the 80s and it was just cool. It was just a cool time to be a, a kid, you know? Yeah, I mean, it, it really was. I remember my childhood like through like films or like, things that were on tv you know like music videos and stuff <laughs> just uh, like michael cool. jackson like yeah i mean literally michael jackson was everywhere like for good reason right <laughs> like, yeah it's crazy um i really want to know also too about just the fact that like all of these people commented the new york legal community was like this case doesn't exist now what about the fact that it was like this movie's also like half really horrible like correctional and like juvenile like and kind of like what leads to like sentences and like what it's like in those homes and then half a trial film like a law film mm-hmm. um i did so so like did the court thing happen because in the book he says one note from the book too is that um lorenzo says that when the father testified on the stand and lied for everyone and when he came down there was like a standing ovation yeah, like, I read in that too. Real life. I was like, um, I I'm guess so it confused. did happen. I guess he did go to trial. It's just that it's just fascinating noted. to me. Like right? that I'm not really sure could it happen because that sounds a little crazy. Yeah, a standing ovation in a courtroom. No. That gives them being like, no, no, everyone sit down. Like, yeah, it's not I don't who knows. Sometimes things happen. You know, they do happen now. It's just so shocking, and we don't believe them because they're just insane. So that is true. You can't really discard anything. I was saying that's nuts. All right, you have any more behind the scenes info? I don't have any more. No, I don't. Cool. All right, let's uh, touch on a little bit of the fashion. There's, I mean, I have some notes here, but it's not a fashion-heavy movie. Right. I yeah, I have to say, I was like, it's really hard to talk about the fashion. Like it's. Not that interesting. I mean, I do love seeing Brat in a suit and like trench coat, like with pat shoulders. I just love pat shoulders so much. Yeah, the eighties. I love that look. I I love a trench coat from the eighties. It's just like the best. Uh, um, Gloria Gresham is the costume designer. I forgot to mention that. Oh, cool. You see, I didn't yeah. even look that up because I was like, uh. Oh, I do love a '80s trench. I love the Patrick Bateman '80s trench. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. I... How fucked up our obsession with toxic men started with it's I terrible. don't know, probably like Mark Wahlberg. They tried to make that too attractive. Not but, for me, like, thank you. Don't not for you. No, but it, it definitely worked on a fair amount of a fair amount of us. But then you also have like <laughs> the Patrick Batemans. Of the yeah. world too that were like not hot but like really intriguing I guess more well, than yeah I mean when you're young you don't know any better you think that these guys are hot you know it's, well they design them that way exactly. yeah, Hollywood designs it that way um yeah so I love that I love those 80s 
you know, 80s everything really, um, mm-hmm. especially like power dressing for men and women. Um, I love when Michael um, wears that flannel shirt when they're young, when he's like, oh, basically yeah, like Brass Renfro, right? And mm-hmm. uh, that to me looks so 90s. Like it's, it does, yeah. When the kids are playing basketball and they're wearing like flannel shirts and jeans, hoodies, and sneak like Converse, but not really Converse, like Chucks, right? Um, it, I don't know. I mean, maybe they were wearing stuff like that in, like in the sixties, but I just feel like it looks so nineties to me. It does look nineties, but I think they were wearing that kind of stuff. They well, had they a lot were. of neutrals. Were, I, yeah. I think that, yeah, they were wearing jeans because jeans were big at that time already, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, um, totally. I do really love seeing uh, Mike. Well, me, you know, like Billy Crudup and the other guy when they when they see Noakes at the Oh my god, those fucking outfits. I'm sorry. It's like my like, big highlight. So yeah, same. So hot. Like they just look amazing, both of them actually. Yeah. Well, I it think was one great. of them is wearing like a you know, wife beater, whatever, white top. Yeah, and, like a yeah, like a tank top. And then leather jackets and yeah, they look really cool. They look really good. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, yeah, they look really good. But I'll say that's it for me, really. I don't I can't really think I of mean, any other standouts. I'm not mad at like Robert De Niro's style either. <laughs> I, I like that at one point he has like he has the collar on, but he has like a sweater over it and like I a know. jacket. I was like, it's what? To say that he looked really hot. It's like yeah, I, know, I think like, you can say that Chris looks hot, right? Yeah, I mean he's playing a role. Like you know he's not like a real priest. So I keep thinking okay. the same, and I'm like, this is not a young taxi driver, Rob. Uh, no, you know, Robert De Niro, but he just looks so good. He looks so good all the time. And I think it's also his acting and it's his, like, charm. It, it is. And it's his range. He's so charming and there is something about him. Like, he's never been, like, a pretty boy, but so, something about the way he carries himself and like, obviously the roles that he plays. Like, in Taxi Driver, oh, my God. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's nuts. I'm, I'm glad that I saw that as an adult because I just didn't really, like, realize what it was about when I saw it really young. But, I mean, I wasn't super young, but just now knowing, like, about it, I was like, oh, this is way more complex than I thought it was the first time around. But, yeah, he well, looks you were a child. Great. Of course you weren't going to No, I wasn't it. a child. I might have been, like, 18. I was in college. I had to watch it for a film class. I believe that might have been the first time I saw it. But I was, like, taking notes for, like, things that they I knew they were going to ask me about. Like, you know, style and shooting and all this, I wasn't really thinking, like, so much of plot. It was more of, like... I mean, it was plot, but I didn't have the same reference that I have now. So now I was like, oh, yeah, now I get it. Like, you know, I mean, my mom still, she was like, no, we'd never seen anything like that before. I mean, that was just... Right. Whoa. Wait, what year was that? That was 70s, right? 76. Yeah. Yeah. In the yeah. theater, yeah. My I mom's mean... like, yeah, we went to the theater. Like, that was the kind of thing where it was, like, back... Still back in the day before tapes, you had to go see it in the theater, if you want to go see it again, you got to go to the theater. It wasn't ever yeah. coming out, you know? Like, you got to go see it or that's it. So, you know, lots of people went to go see it. And it was just like, whoa. And Scorsese, you know, was like new on the scene. So, yeah, it was pretty cool. I mean, I just love De Niro's range. I feel like we still have not tapped into actors, even like the generation a bit older than us. Like, what is it, the Gen Xers? I still yeah. don't know that many actors that have like the amount of range that someone like De Niro or even like Pacino, um, De Niro is like funny too. Same with Dustin Hoffman. 
He's also done like a, such a wide range. Yeah, of well, that's types. the thing. Like, it's so fascinating that Robert De Niro was like obviously he's incredible in like really serious roles, but then he was in like Meet the Fockers and he's yeah. so funny. And it's like you just he's so great. And like yeah, I think Leo. I I know as we talk about Leo and like you know all the time, but uh he not all the time not all the time but he i think has that i was just watching wolf of wall street the other day and i was i remember watching that and being like oh he like can act act like i never thought he could be funny that was probably the first time he was ever funny leo was all yeah yeah leo was always like super heavy i mean all of his shit is like you know heavy character i mean he's great at it like that's what he did or he was like biopics but this one was like the way that he was so fast talking and like kind of, you know, it was like intense in a different way. I was like, Oh, he's like De Niro style where he can kind of do anything. Like he's almost played every kind of character. Now he's played like, he hasn't done like the meet the Fockers type where it's like really comedy comedy. I think that we and could see, we, we might see could, some, some performances like that in the future from him. Brad Pitt's doing that now. Like that Sandra Bullock movie he was in with Channing Tatum. That was like funny. I actually kind of forced myself to watch that. Yeah, that I haven't seen I'm it. But I s- stop to like watching all his films because <laughs> it looks like trailer. a joke. Like, yeah, that's what I mean. Like he was in the trailer, and I, and well, and the new one he's in Bullet Train looks very more like that looks even worse comedy ish now. Like they're I all going you, like I thought that was like a like a Pepsi commercial. Yeah, it that's what it looks like. That's yeah. really what it looks like. It looks like it was a film. Like, the story was a film done in an Asian country that Americans have tried to remake. Yeah. That's what it looks like. Like, I'm sure there's another version of it that's probably better. But they were like, let's get Brad Pitt and, like, all these other actors of the time and, like, make it, like, a big, you know, funny, like, cool thing. But I feel like it looks like it's been done before. Kind of, sort of. But probably better. Yeah, and I love the other actor in it, but I'm just knowing to that. Kind oh, is it Aaron? Yeah. Aaron Taylor Johnson? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy. I also think he's, like, really cute. I don't see it with him. Really? Of, no. Yeah, a lot of people like him. Mm. I was like, meh. He, he he gives me, like... Who is it that he looks like? He really doesn't look like anyone, Lauren. No, I mean, not, like, looks like, but he reminds me of, I think. It's, maybe it's in the photos I've seen of him recently with all of them. Like in the cast, and I was like, "Who is that?" And I thought he was someone else because of he has like longer hair, and mm-hmm. I was like, "He looks like someone else." And then I was like, "Oh no, that's um now I know who it is." But he was it wasn't he in like a kids movie when he was young? He's young. He just looks a little bit older. Yeah, he, he actually is, is right. Yeah, he's. yeah. He just like looks a bit older. Yeah, but he was in like a, like a kid star. Yeah. Um. So wait, do you have any other fashion notes? No, I don't. Yeah. I just have. Basically the same that I love the 60s Hell's Kitchen vibe and like all the denim and the knit shirts and stuff. And I also love like the outfit that the mob guys wear, like King Benny. I love that they wear like all these suits and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I like the lounge, like the kind of bowling shirts that the kids wear. I love those shirts. Yeah, I love love those. They're really cool. And the polos. Yeah, I wish Carol had had like some cool... um, outfits but she really didn't yeah she didn't i was surprised that she didn't and it was just also i have to say all of these young actors were really great the ones who oh yeah yeah i guess we didn't really talk about the performance but i mean i feel like everyone was great except brad (laughs) kind of sort of right 
Yeah. Kind of, sort of. Do you remember the guy who was young Tommy? He was in Virgin Suicide. Yeah, I know. Yeah, Yeah, I was going to say. Um, And I'm trying to think of who... The guy who played Shakes, I don't think. The young Shakes, I don't think I've seen him in anything. Yeah, I don't think I've seen him in anything either, but... And young John, I don't think I've seen in anything. The one who was really young, the one who was, like, the youngest. I feel like I don't think I've seen him in anything. Like Jonathan Tucker? Yeah, I know. No, Jeffrey Wigdor. Oh, okay, okay. He was, like, the youngest, like, the, the smallest oh, boy, yeah, he was. I believe, yeah. Yeah, you're I right, don't he, think was I've seen him. he wasn't the other guy. Yeah, I don't think I've seen him in anything either. I don't think he's been on much. Yeah, I think he's, like, off and on, it looks like, throughout the It looks the like he lo- his last TV series was in 2014, and he oh, hasn't yeah. had anything after that. So. so, yeah, he's probably not acting now. Maybe he just decided to do something more interesting with his life. So. <laughs> More interesting than acting? Never. I don't know. Like <laughs> that's true. I mean, the business is kind of a hot mess. I mean, who the hell knows? It's it's and very. And Kevin Bacon is oh god. You yeah, we didn't even so... talk about Kevin Bacon. He was so good in this at being like a complete. He gross was so good asshole. that you absolutely hate him. Yeah, because I usually like him. <laughs> like I don't usually dislike him, oh, but I did was, in this. He was awful. Like I think, like in a good way because his performance was great. Yeah, but his performance was great. He also, yeah, I think, helpful. I read in one of the trivias that he didn't meet um, De Niro or Hoffman at I all during know. the schedule. They never had it. They never shared any scenes together. Yeah, isn't that crazy? How nuts! Yeah, and I mean, this is like silly, but you know, like this is how you know, like Brad Renfro is like was an actor, actor. Um, the scene where they they're at the cafeteria and there's all that food on the floor, and Noakes tell like tells him to eat it he he literally said they cannot cut and they were like oh no you don't have to eat that food we just put like new one he's like no it's fine let me just do that like he refused to they were like no you don't have to do it we can just shoot in a way that is like no it's fine i want to do this and he literally ate the food that was on the ground on the floor oh my gosh commitment I know. They're like, yeah. no, we can clean maybe. And he's like, no, it's fine. They didn't even clean the floor before they shot that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. That's nuts. I feel like that's like an actor, actor thing. To yeah, that totally. Who else I was thinking of? Oh, Bruno Kirby, Shake's dad, who was also in Basketball Diaries. Oh, he yeah. was that coach. Yeah, he's in a lot of things. I think he. He was in something else too that was really big, but yeah, and he another like really great cast. I like don't yeah. know how they Terry Kenny, another one who played Ferguson. Yes, he's been in a lot of stuff. I've seen him in a diff- few different things. I've seen him in things. Yeah, I've seen him in like funny things actually. Yeah, yeah, he's always in funny stuff. He's also in Billions. Oh, the he show. is, <laughs> and he's in Oz. Yeah, the show Oz. I yeah, forgot that he was. Yeah. That's why I was like, I remember him like from something like quite recently. It was the Billions. Yeah. Yeah, and he's in um, uh, Inventing Anna, that show that was on Netflix about Anna Delvey. I didn't watch that. I um, watched, like, one episode, and then I was like, oh, no. I watched it. It was, it was like, hard. I think the writing was so shit. And I really like the girl. What's her name? I love, I love her. I feel like it's so weird. I totally forgot that she was in Girls in, like, one episode. Yeah, she was in the bathroom at Charlie's yeah, place. She was, yeah. yeah, so many uh-huh. people were in that. Like that girl from Euphoria, the sister who like um, is the theater producer. She was in Girls too. Oh, was she? She yeah, she was so young. 
Maud Apatow, right? Yeah. Oh, she was at the school. She was at the school. Yeah, 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 that's gets right. The tongue pierced. The tongue pierced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. I forgot. Yeah, well, Judd Apatow produced the show. He produced yeah. Girls. Yeah, so that makes sense. God, how crazy. Yeah, everyone was literally in that show. Everyone. So many oh guest God, stars. So many big actors were in there. Yeah. The guy that plays Hannah's boyfriend for like five minutes, the black guy. What's... Donald Glover? Yeah, so I'm not really familiar with him, but I know he's big. Oh my God. Yeah, he's in Atlanta. The show Atlanta. He's also yeah. Childish Gambino. You know, This Is okay. America. Okay, that's that what I read. Okay, yeah. I yeah. know that he's like massive, but I just couldn't like put my finger on like what show I've seen him in or, you know. Yeah, yeah, he's like a huge deal. Yeah, he's super cool. Yeah, he's cool. Uh, yeah. yeah, I really like him. That was such a weird plot line. And he was so Republican bad. too. He was Republican. Like in the story. Yeah, I was like, what? This is weird, <laughs> but okay. She says, like, he's like, come on, you're just dating me because I'm like the black guy. You're like the white girl. You never had like a black or brown boyfriend. It's like, I actually didn't even know that. I never even pay attention to that. <laughs> I never because I don't about see it. people like. <laughs> In color. I don't see color. I don't see it's color. Like, it's like, it was also a plot please. line on Real Housewives. It's like, I never thought about it until you just brought it up. <laughs> He's like, come on. Are you nuts? <laughs> like, wake up. What? What? Oh my god, that fucking and show. And the guy that she has a baby with. He's an incredible actor, too. Oh, um, is that... Fuck, what's his name? He was a Nightcrawler, right? He's incredible. He's in that movie that I watched recently where he plays like, uh, like a Where's drummer. Ahmed, right? Yeah, he's amazing. He's so hot. I think he's super hot. He's really, yeah, he's. Um, I think he just got married and it was really cute, like the pictures. Sorry, I feel like we're talking about girls and that's in a okay. Movie that has nothing to do with it. Yeah, with this like really heavy shit. Okay, well, music is next. Uh, John Williams score nominated for an Oscar for that. I just have like a few songs listed here. Basically, these are the ones that I kind of heard. It was like Hurdy Gurdy Man by Donovan. Yes, that's in mine too. I yeah, love like song. I love that song. It reminds me of Zodiac. You know, the it Fincher does, Zodiac? It does remind me of Zodiac. Yeah. They have like some kind of, yeah. Um, the Frankie Valley uh, and the Four Seasons song. That they're all singing like a cappella, which is kind of cute at the end. I really like the way this ends. I love films that end where you like know what happens. Yeah. When they go like Johnny did blah 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 blah, and then he did this and that. Me and too. I like, yeah. I like that. It's really That's cool. cool. And then Beach Boys, Good Vibrations, Doris they have, like, Day. Three songs. They they yeah. by the Beach Boys in this film. I love them all because you can't. There's nothing can't that not sounds like, the like them. Boys. You know. That must have been some music money too. That forty-four million has to have gone for those rights. Probably. Because yeah, back some then, some of these are classics. I mean, yeah. they're like all like songs that were really big. Like "Walk Like a Man," I love that song. Mm-hmm. It's just great. And um, "Give Me Some Loving," I love that one too. And this had a soundtrack, which means it was sold. Which means they yeah. definitely had to get clearance. Yes. If it was on there and they were selling it. Yeah, it's pretty solid soundtrack. I I like the. The combination, you know, like, I mean, it's a lot of like old, like, late fifties yeah. and sixties, but it's really cool. Like, they have like a not a weird one, but I did think it's like this is like a little bit, um, like I guess because then the movie set in the eighties, but they have like tainted love, which yeah. I think is really funny. Soft so like when it happened, I was like, like when I heard it, I was like, okay, this is like a little bit 
to it 80. It just feels out of place. It feels like, yeah. yeah, it just feels out, out of place, actually. Gosh, yeah. I mean, that's all I have for music. Same. Cool. All right. So, favorite scenes and lines. I don't think I have any quotes. Um, I have a few, but... Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, it's tough because favorite scenes, I mean, this this movie is, like, heavy for the most part, so there's not really a lot of, like, happy moments in this besides the beginning. is basically, yeah, like... Yeah, most in the beginning. <laughs> all my favorite scenes are from, like, when they're, like, we're really young and they're either playing basketball. I love just... I mean, I actually really love when they were at the church playing pranks on other people. Well, not other people, but on the on the girls. <laughs> I love that they want to be a priest just so you can hear secrets and like people around the neighborhood will tell them like what's going on. Yeah. That was really cool when like so they funny. are in the what do you call it? Confession. Yeah, confessional, yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um I just love every scene when they're all together. Uh my favorite is when they all jump in the water. Because I just love I that shot. Like, that's just, like, a really cool... You have, like, really iconic, like, New York building behind mm-hmm. it. Just, like, the skyline. And, yeah. So, those are my favorites. And I have to say, uh, my other favorite scene is when they killed Noakes. <laughs> I mean, yeah, because it was he pretty gangster. It. It's awful. But it's, like, I feel like it's it's awful to think that, right, revenge is bad. But, um they really went through so much and this man ruined their lives, you know? The way they shot him in the dick first. Oh, yeah. That was brilliant. I feel like... I mean, I almost yeah. feel like they probably didn't need to kill him, that they could have just left him disabled in some way. Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? Like, that would be a better punishment. God, but the fact that the way that when they first, like, uh, well, that was one of my favorite scenes too, but like the way that when they first go up to him and when I think it's Tom, is it John? I forgot who sees him first when he goes to the bathroom and they just like sees him there. And I was like, I love how they just aged Kevin Bacon with hair. I <laughs> like, know. They just grew his hair out, but, and like just They could have made him, it. they could have given him some gray hair, but. Uh, yeah, he just kind of looked the same. Like he looked like he was thinner or something, but he was sitting down. So I guess you couldn't really like really tell. Yeah, I think it was Tommy who saw him first. Yeah, and was just like, oh, you know, like, and then the, the fact that he, like, tells, um, he tells, like, Billy Crudup, and he's like, yo, like, look who's over there, look who's eating, and they finally go up to him, and the way that they're like, don't you remember us, like, you know, we were kids, like, all this shit, and he's like, and he kind of looks at him, and then he's like, oh, yeah, what's up? Yeah, how you been? Yeah, how you been? And he's like, oh, I don't know. Like, you guys were, like, abusing kids. Like, you did this with boys, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, yeah, well, like, that was a long time ago. Like, kind of shit. You know, I was like, what? Didn't he say something along the lines of, like, we needed to make you tough or something? To, yeah. Like, toughen you up for, like, prepare you for, like, like it's some bullshit excuse, oh, obviously. God. But, um, yeah. I, I mean, I actually really loved it at the trial when the other... Um, was it was the other oh officer, the guard the guard mm-hmm. kind of breaks down when he's mm-hmm. being hurt. like i feel like that was pretty cool it was genius how they like twisted it around yeah that's why it, like that was such a good scene and brad pitt like where was where were you like why were you phoning this shit in like come on this i a honestly big feel like maybe he was intimidated by dustin hoffman <laughs> 
Well, that's crazy. He'd already worked with like other actor, you know, other like, you know, notable actors. Why were you not intimidated by, I mean, I guess he wasn't really working with uh, De Niro all that much, but I mean, come on. It just felt, it needed to be like primal fear. Like it needed to be like Richard Gere in primal fear. It needed to be like, you are this fucking lawyer. Granted, he was a defense lawyer, so it's a little different, but right. still. But, but you know, like sometimes actors don't even need to like express so much with their lines. It's like their facial expressions. Like that just sometimes is, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. And he didn't, he just came, I don't know, came out a little flat. But, yeah, it was very. But, I mean, I don't know. I'm not an actress, so like, I I can't really be here criticizing like his performance. Well, because... I mean, he ended up doing awesome shit. It's not like I mean, this was one kind of you know knock in like an otherwise like right. amazing and I've career. Praised him, so you know. Yeah, I mean, he has done. I I'm I didn't not... make it through all of Troy, but I can <laughs> see why. No, no, I didn't. Why? Um, I don't know. I think I started watching it and then. I have, like, a horrible attention span. I think I started watching it, and then I was like, okay, yeah, I get it. I get what this is about. And by the time I went to go back and watch it, it had gone off Netflix, and oh. I just forgot about it. And I was like, okay. I mean, I, I get it. I know why why people like him. And he was really good on that. I'm now in the Game of Thrones world, so, like, I'm into that, like, gladiator, whatever, war, like, type of period, medieval, like, you know, we've got this going on. That was obviously older, but I'm going to watch Troy. I think it was really long, too. <clears throat> I think was. I didn't have the I, time. I really liked, I mean, again, I just, yeah, I'm happy to watch all his films because, yeah, I mean, he looked also incredible in that film. I mean, yeah. I, mean, I can't like, wait to do Snatch, too. <laughs> I love him in Snatch, like, so much. I love that movie so much, too. Like, I know. It's just so funny. <laughs> So, so funny it's so brilliant i love that yeah, yeah i mean he, he did pick some really cool roles i mean he's ha he has picked some really amazing roles like over the years you know he's not perfect he's not gonna pick every single role right you know what yeah I mean? we're not gonna like everything he does yeah no. it's like you know that's just like but i even saw this movie that he was in about like baseball Something money. Oh, Moneyball. Moneyball. I haven't seen that. And he was really good. I, I don't care about baseball, but it was an interesting film, you know, considering I'm not into that at all. But I think he was nominated for that. Was he I nominated? Don't, I, I don't think really he was know. An Oscar for that, yeah. Do you have what? What are your favorite scenes? Um. Okay. So I like when uh Shakes is like running money for King Benny. I love mob shit. Like I'm really <laughs> into mob shit. I can't wait to do Goodfellas. Another De Niro. Oh my god. Ray Liotta. R.I.P. So like yeah. I mean, I love mob stuff. I love even like documentaries about like <clears throat> the the like five families in New York. So like I'm all into this. So I was. I was like, oh, yes, we're going to get, like, collecting envelopes. And I like how he was, like, playing the cops and, like, throwing it in the window and just, like, getting, like, it was so cool. good. And he got robbed. You know, I was like, damn. And he's like, I need somebody with me. Come on. They're going to rob me. They know I'm, like, running money for you. Like, it was cool. I, I like that, that whole vibe. And I don't really like the hot dog scam, but I did enjoy that chase. <laughs> when they were like trying to figure out like okay how Aww. are we gonna get free hot dogs which ends up leading to be like a oh, horrible so accident sad. like i literally so didn't want to watch that scene I, I knew it was coming and i was like i really don't want to watch it because this is like kind of things uh, these, are, these are the kind of things that you do when you're a child because you don't have any conscience right oh yeah 
they there's no way they could predict that it was going to turn out that way. They just didn't. You don't know any better. And this is why you do a lot of dumb shit when you're young. Mm-hmm. But it's very sad. This poor man, you know, like. It's like crippled, right? Because he didn't die. Didn't he survive? But he was like really, really badly injured. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because it was like, oh, God. And it was just like the gas tank. Because you know it had like a propane tank. Yeah. Too, like when it wheeled down there. Oh, yeah. I just wrote, like, I really like the way it was shot, how they, like, planned this whole scam before it got really scary. But I liked that kind of, like, mischievous kids running around kind of thing. Um, I did, like, in the cafeteria at Wilkinson's, you got uh, a little peek of Benvolio from uh, Romeo and Julia, Dash Mihok. I really like him a lot. The English teacher in the prison was John Slattery, who I love. Yeah, with dark hair, (laughs) because he usually has white hair. Was he in, don't tell me, he was in that show about Uh the White House. What is it called? West Wing? No. You got into it. He was in Mad Men. That's what he was in. Right. But he was in that show that you watched recently that I watched when it came out with Kevin Spacey about... Oh, House of Cards. House of Cards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was was, he in that? Yeah, he he was. He was was running um, to be... Oh, you're right. You're right. He has gray hair in that. In that, but yeah. Yeah, he usually does have gray hair. He's not in the West Wing. That's what I thought of immediately when you said about the White House. I was like, what? And then I was like, oh, oh okay. Yeah, I really like him. He's also in Sex in the City. You know, um, Carrie dates oh, him. Yeah. He's like running for office. Or oh something. my god, he's always yeah. running for office. <laughs> yeah, he is. Yeah, he just looks like a politician. I guess he just has that vibe. I am um, sorry, he's also. They always gave her weird guys. Like I don't get it. They tried to make her like. Uh, Jerry Seinfeld, you know, had like all these different girlfriends. <laughs> they were always like guest stars. It was kind of like it's that's weird. how she was. He's also in the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, as Iron Man's dad. So it's pretty interesting that he's in there. He's also in Wet Hot American Summer, a film I cannot wait to fucking <laughs> do on the podcast. But he's in the Netflix series that they did where it was like the first day of camp and all the people came back from the original movie. It's so funny. If you love that movie, it's on Netflix. Go watch it. It's so good. Um, so, yeah. And he's in like Ted, too. He's in a lot of shit. I love him. I think he's yeah, really cute. Yeah, no, he's cool. Yeah. He's like a really good looking like silver daddy. Like, he, like, really pulls off that silver hair. Like, he looks better. I'm not into it. The silver hair? Or just him him in general? No, I love gray hair. But no, he's just not my... my... Oh, he's just not your steez? No. Yeah, I like him. I thought he was cool. Um, Oh, God. Another horrible scene was where they essentially, like, sacrifice the one black kid that we see. I know! And get them to, like... They play the game... The, like, football game against the guards and the kids. And they're like, we never win. They always fix it and blah, blah, blah. So they got this kid Rizzo to, like, team up. And he's really good. And they're like, yeah, we're going to win, like, only for one time. And they kind of, like, knew that they were going to get punished for this. But it just really fucking sucks when they killed this guy. Right. Like, I mean, I'm glad they didn't show it because I would have yeah, been too oh, much. Because yeah. apparently he was um, beat to death, right? But, but also, can I just <sighs> say, why does it always have to be the black guy why this is like been a theme throughout like while uh, i feel like even now you still see that like less less so definitely but why do they always have to kill kill the the black character i don't get it 
They, I mean, literally not to bring this, but just because I did an interview earlier today and we were talking about Euphoria, Cassie's boyfriend was black in the beginning, and of course, they just write him out. Yeah, and then he goes for the... Yeah. <laughs> like, and then also the girl who... Um, the actress, I forgot her name in the story, but she was helping the girl with the play and essentially doing everything, and she was so funny. Oh, I yeah. I was like, can we was. give her a story? Like... Why does she just get relegated to like? Well, I just feel like helping. okay, cool. You're trying to be diverse and cool by having Sandea like as a lead, but you you know. Oh yeah, like, that's cool. But it's not enough. You can't just no. have like. You need to have more characters. At the end of the, the show, they basically it's all about Nate and this girl. What's her name? Cassie. Cassie, yeah. And it's basically she's you know, totally they totally sexualize her and that like she's just. In, you know, naked and like topless. She's the only one, which is right. really strange. And that. that's fine, but it's just so sad that like they, the show really had so much potential to go and explore these different roles, and like they just focus on those for, for yeah. a lot of the, you know, for most sad. of the part. Yeah, it's sad. But like, I feel like all of the, like any brown character in that show just gets relegated to like someone who's like fucking up the story. Like, same right. with the guy who's with Jules. Like, he can't come in... I forgot his name. The guy with the guitar. He can't just, like, come in and be, like, cool and friends. He has to, like, somehow fuck up this dynamic between Rue oh, no. and Jules. Oh, yeah, like, why so are... Cute. Like, yeah. why are... Why is no one just cool? Why are they not just, like, hanging? Why are they fucking shit up? Like, I don't know Ugh, what I mean. I mean, also, like... This is why shows like Insecure are so refreshing or like... I know. You know what I mean? Because, I mean, yeah, sometimes you just got to be like... They don't give brown people a lot of opportunities to play like leading roles or like to just have a, like somewhat like a role that's like... like in a regular life that's exactly. not filled with all this like trauma. Like, like drugs and, like, or like, yeah. Also, like... Yeah, fucked up family. I know. They never have like... A middle class brown person who's like except for the cosby show that was the first time that it really mm-hmm. happened that's why it was so huge at the time because he was a doctor and she was a lawyer and they had you know their kids were you know like doing well and they were doing well, well. i guess fresh prince of belair too <laughs> yeah another one yeah that but that was after cosby show true it was first like cosby show oh well i literally just talked about this um with uh one of like the recent interviews that it was just like, there were so many amazing black sitcoms in the nineties. And there's a really good uh, episode of that dark side of the nineties that just came out. I'm sure it'll probably be on Hulu soon because yeah, it's just, just airing now, but it's almost done. And there's a whole thing about like what happened with black sitcoms. There were so many, like in living color was this amazing sketch show. And like Jim Carrey started out there and there was like Arsenio hall and like living single, a different world, Martin, like, so many and they were so successful and funny and then all of a sudden it was just like stopped because like the channel got to where they want and then like different programming just took over and like everything was dropped and everything was like relegated to like smaller show you know smaller channels like people just stopped watching it was like really sad but it was like a golden age for really amazing television and yeah insecure is like kind yeah, so of you, reminiscent i of only that. know this because of you but i actually, yeah yeah it's like an american no but i actually don't know many shows like like I didn't know any show from the 90s except um, Fresh Prince of Blair. 
Yeah, living single, you guys probably didn't get. No, like, like I never else. even heard of them. So like, Ooh, that is thunder, everyone. This is why. Yeah, sorry, you can hear in the background. Yeah, you can hear it on like both of like our a sides. crazy storm. So yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm. Um, as fuck. This is why I'm really loving the Wonder Years, the the new the black version. Oh, that's right. No. Yeah, with the black family. Yeah, it's so not the black version yet with the black family. <laughs> that sounded really bad. <laughs> <laughs> You know, you know it like it's a it's a new take on the on the the story. It is, story. and yeah. I think it's really cool to see for me at least because I I'm not I've never seen shows about like families in the sixties. You know, like black families in the sixties. Yeah, it's, I I love it. I think it's just such a like cute, feel good, innocent show. I love that. Oh, have you seen Good Times Mm-mm. with little, little baby Janet Jackson? Oh. She's no. like nine. Yeah, that's no. where she started. Oh my god. There's one really great episode named Penny is her name. Um, yeah, I'll have to send you like an episode of it. It's really cute. Yeah, she was like that's where she started. Like when she was really young, she was like this funny character, this funny girl. Um, okay, so wait, back to my story. I okay, I my original thing I said that I don't think Michael would have been able to take this fucking case six months out of being what a prosecutor right i that i found really crazy and the whole thing with the legal side is what i find weird because that shit's all documented so you're telling me if there was no case at all like no jury no court stenographer like there's no there's no evidence of anything happening so like how did he say that it's one thing to say that this happened in uh, a boy's home where like a limited amount of people were that Mm -hmm. can like corroborate it but a legal case is massive there's like judges and juries and all that stuff is recorded yeah, unless they what trashed know. all that. Like, was that just was like the state in process of like, is there, there could be a conspiracy where they got rid of all the trial it papers. Could be. I, mean, I mean, that also that could isn't, happen. isn't new, right? That, that has happened. Yeah. Like I, it was probably to, I don't know, to, to yeah, I, I, it was a huge scandal, so I wouldn't be surprised if we were trying to hide it, you know? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, like, it's just so nuts. The fact that they, like, got off, which was, like, so crazy that this whole entire plan worked, that he was going to kind of, like, backdoor getting the garden in order to admit that they, like, that this happened at the school. Mm-hmm. And that whole thing, like, I thought that was, like, pretty ingenious when, you know... Michael was like, no, I got to figure out. I mean, it was kind of convoluted a bit in the story. This movie is also two and a half hours. Could have definitely so benefited with like oh about God. a 20-minute cut at least. Yeah. Um, when they tried to figure out how they're going to solve this case and get them off, it was a little convoluted. I got a it little was. confused. That, it was. It was confusing and they could have just jumped that. Like they mm-hmm. didn't need to, to make it that long. For sure. Yeah, it was it was a bit much. I feel like too, but this is I guess we had a longer attention span, and also we were in the '90s where you're in the theater, so people were just parked in the theater for longer. You know, we didn't have phones to like pull out. <laughs> just like I'm here watching this movie, you know, and it's gonna be good. I mean, this movie made a fuck ton of money, so some people watch yeah. it. Yeah. And then my favorite last scene was the updates on all of their lives. So, oh, at the end, yeah, that was mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. We didn't find out what the narrator, who is Lorenzo, we, dude, he didn't say what he did. Did he just say he went back to work and it was just like nothing ever happened? He went back to the paper? I actually don't remember what he did either. I remember what everyone else did, but... Yeah, the two hitmen were gone and they were killed like at on their 29th birthdays. 
Six or the twenty nine. They were twenty nine. Yeah, when both of them died. Yeah, it was really crazy. And then of course Brad Pitt goes off to live in the English countryside by himself, building houses. And also, how did he get a visa to move to the UK? Like, yeah. <laughs> Practical immigration questions. How the hell did you do this in like I know that's literally the first thing that came to mind. Yeah, you're like, wait, part time? You're not even like like working full time as a carpenter? Go there with a work visa? Why? Yeah. Doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, like maybe is your family I mean like I think are they supposed to be Irish? Because the the neighborhoods they were like they're well, Irish, that, Puerto okay, Rican, that, and Polish. That explain how they go. So maybe, visa. yeah, maybe he was technically Irish, so he just goes like Right, good you know. point. Excellent, Lauren. Always <laughs> Geography. <laughs> so yeah, he goes back and he's like, Okay, I was gonna go to like the English countryside. And then of course, uh mini driver Carol like raises this boy who is she's like a single mom but the boy was the same boy as the youngest does that mean that that's tommy's kid or john's kid i don't know because i thought like it wouldn't make sense if he had been one of the their michaels because michael was dating her i don't think michael yeah because why would he leave them and also i kind of feel like at least when I watched it before the other night, I thought that she ended up dating, um, dating, like, oh, shakes. shakes. But I guess I just remember it wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I think she was still at that dinner at the end when it was so sad too. Like, this is the last time we would all be together. Mm. I always find that so sad when like you see movies like that and they say that, like, you know, they're like, this was the last time we all met. And we all, like, went our own separate ways. And, yeah, I mean, it was... I really liked the way that it ended. And we got this kind of, like, closure with everything that happened. And then also, at the end of the movie, you get this kind of disclaimer that says what we've been saying. That, like, it kind of says, like, you know, New York uh, state records have no knowledge of, like, anything like this happening. The DA, like, you know, kind of denies that any kind of, you know, trial like this uh, took place. But apparently... That was on some, like, on the DVD or VHS, that was not there. And then it was, like, added in at other parts, Hmm. which I thought was really weird. Like, I don't know if there was some kind of legal thing or, like, it was made to put back in or what. But, yeah, it was sometimes the movie didn't have that, where I guess you just were supposed to just think that this happened. But I guess maybe, like, the state tried to do something. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, again, it's just really interesting because when I... I also found something that said that when he came out in DVD, not DVD, but VHS or whatever, um, and he included some of like the direct, like interviews and stuff with the director, he made no mention at all about the book or like the story. Like, I don't know. That's why people were like, we don't believe it because it's weird that it wasn't even mentioned in the director's cut, you know? Yeah. And he was a producer. Like, Lorenzo is a co producer. Yeah. I don't. Who knows? This is such a weird one. Yeah, it's such a weird one. But yeah. I quite Um, like that, though. Yeah, yeah, I do like it. It's a a really good story. It is. And even on the poster, it's like from the controversial bestseller. So it's like kind of billed as this, you know, like story that may or may not have happened. But I mean, I don't doubt it. Who knows? Maybe in a different time, different place. But Yeah. When they jump in the water, it reminds me of uh, Basketball Diaries. It, it does. It yeah, has, it, like, that vibe to it. It has that vibe, yeah. Yeah, it's just cool. It's New York yeah. back then. It was so cool. I know. Yeah, it really was. Have you seen that show, The Deuce, yet? 
I have I it. Told, I told you about it. Yeah, it, it reminds me of that too because that takes place in New York in like the early seventies. But it has like this vibe, like the way they recreate it is really cool. Like New York is such a cool place, like to shoot period things. Totally. Yeah, it's just really, really cool. Yeah, it still has its charm. Um, mm-hmm. You know. It's cool. I mean, New York, man. We have to go again soon. We will. We're definitely going this year. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. It's just August. (laughs) And this is the worst time to be in New York because it's so freaking hot. Agreed. Yeah, it's fucking hot here. I mean, it's horrible here, but at least you're in the comfort of your home. Yeah, at least I'm not traveling. (laughs) If you're in New York, you want to be out and about. Yeah, no. No. And on the fucking train? Like, no way. I've lived through that once. I I don't voluntarily want to go back there. And I just keep seeing, like, a lot of my friends who live there, uh, people I know too, everyone is strolling with the AC. (laughs) They're like, it's not working. Like, everyone is just done, you know. I had shitty AC in one apartment. I didn't have one in another. It was fucking hell. This is why I'm kind of glad that I'm not... I'm not a, I didn't grow up with like central AC, so I'm not really completely used to it. I'm like half and half. Like well, I, can I didn't deal. grow up with that either. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm glad that I can deal. Some people like, not to throw my own American people under the bus, but some people are like, um, where's the AC? It's too hot in here. Crank the thermostat. Like, you know, some people like when they travel, they like can't handle it. Like, oh, it's so hot. Like I can deal with it. Like I'm used to it enough where I'm like, well, this is how it has to be. Then well, this is how it has to be. <laughs> I'm not really used to it because I'm not used to like hot weather. Oh, you're not used to this. But I, and I didn't grow up with AC because we didn't need it because it's yeah. too cold in England. Oh so you can't. I mean, now it's obviously not. I was going to say. Warming, fuck. In Paris, when it was like over 100 degrees, I was like, one of my friends was like, I'm going to die. Like, none of these. Again, fucking, like tiny the older buildings. Yeah. It's just a. The, the country is just not designed. Not, well, no. not country, but yeah, the country really in Paris for sure isn't designed for this yeah, kind of weather. Because I mean, it's south of France, like it gets really hot there, but houses are different there. You know, mm-hmm. people have pools and shit. I don't know. <laughs> so cool. Well, uh, you have any more last words on sleepers? Um, I mean, I did have some favorite lines, but you oh <laughs> shit, I forgot. Yeah, I didn't have any quotes. What are your favorites? I, I can't think of any. Okay, I just have three. I'll oh, try yeah. to be quick. So no, Fat no, no. Mancho says, <laughs> it's really, he's really funny. I love the way he talks. Yeah. It's like, you want a Rolls Royce? You don't come here. No, you go to England or whatever the fuck they make it. If you want champagne, you go to see the French. And if you need money, you you find a Jew. <laughs> I know. God. I thought it's really funny. And also King Benny says, Father Bobby would have been a good hitman. It's a shame we lost him to the other side. Oh, my God. Like, he's a, you know, the church is really funny. Yeah, he's, like, in the church. And Carol... Wait, what? I was going to say, I think in the 60s, if you wanted to borrow money, didn't most Jewish people have banks? I actually don't know. I think so. I think that literally is, like, if you were... I wonder if you were, like, a minority, if that's where you would go. I just think it sounds really funny, that's all. Like, I mean, it totally seems like a total 60s thing to say. Right, because that's the stereotype too. That yeah, totally. So, um, and last one, Carol says, "Mug me or marry me. I'm too tired to for, for sorry. I'm too tired for anything else." She says that to Shakes. I love that. Mug me or marry me. <laughs> Mug me or marry me. Good. I don't know what I'm gonna name this episode. I gotta like find a quote. 
Yeah, you'll find one. Like could be mug me or marry me shakes. That might be a mug me or marry me. Yeah, that's, that's a good cool. one. I also like that one bit where they talk about Michael when he like I think when he first sees Carol and he's like, I think Lorenzo's like a narrator and he's like Michael was the most sexually experienced of all of us, <laughs> which means he kissed a girl on more than two occasions. <laughs> I love that too. I was like, oh, <laughs> so funny. Oh, it's so cool. But yeah, I mean, go check this out. It's on HBO. It's a really good watch, I have to say. And just a lot of really incredible actors. It's a it's a good story. It's just a really good, interesting story. It is. Yeah. So yeah, again, I forgot to tell you to join the Patreon, but you know, you like know, and it, subscribe. Like and subscribe. <laughs> There's so many things I have to do. And like, follow it's just TikTok. A yeah, follow on TikTok. Don't be like weird about shit that I just post clips some people are like so weird about it like this sucks this movie's so lame <laughs> like oh my god I think it's funny now I'm like wow well, okay don't, don't don't watch yeah. yeah that's what I'm like it's a choice swipe swipe up but leave a review on Apple and Spotify and leave five stars if not then just don't <laughs> yeah just sit and listen and until next time we'll see you later bye bye